Hello fellow saints, so Brian here, and I wanted to kind of uh, start, this is probably going to be a new series, uh, I think that I'm going to kind of start here on uh, redeeming money, um, and this is a, a new book I just started reading that I actually got from my local library, uh, but it's, it's actually called Redeeming Money by Paul David Tripp, uh, T-R-I-P-P. And stuff, and so I guess let's try to see how old this was. I think it was written. Let's see if it was originally. It wasn't it wasn't super old. Um, I was gonna look that up. I can't. 2017, I think, is what it was. Copyright. Uh, 2000. Yeah, 18. Uh, yeah, I think 2018. So um, it's not super old, but uh, it really kind of ties in to. You know, uh, for those that had listened to the uh, "Well Into You Rich" series, uh, that was a long series that I, you know, have been doing before this. And the thing is, is that as I mentioned in that series there, and dealing with, you know, money, rich versus poor, the, all those kind of concepts through that whole series. And the thing is, is I've learned that you know, once, you know, once the spirit really shows you that, and it really start begins to kind of click. You know, you really throughout Scripture, you can't really uh, un- unsee it anymore. Okay, and so that same concept, you know, really kind of bleeds into this, into this book. And and um, I um, just I recently finished the other book I mentioned in that series was the book by David Burkhart. It's uh, Will the Real Heretics Please Stand Up? And it's an older book, but a very very good book. I recommend that one as well. Uh, to it kind of really gives us a glimpse of the or the, the true early church okay uh, talking about you know from the apostles to like the polycarps and all that and so he he went back and did a real study in-depth analysis of what the early church fathers truly you know you know like believed and then but mainly how they lived is more about lifestyle in, in addition to that kind of what they taught in their writings and and so forth so uh, but it was, you know, very, very good. Matter of fact, I, I ordered the other night. I went on. I found a couple other books from Burkhardt, and I ordered. And he's uh, he's even got a whole, the uh, a whole like, uh, you know, basically like a whole like dictionary of you know theology of the early church writings. I ordered that the other night, and so I'm really excited. It should be here by this weekend. So I think you can look up by topic and see what the early church, you know, has uh, some snippets of major early church writers like Tertullian and uh, Justin Martyr and Ignatius, people like this that, uh, you know, give you an idea based on topic on, you know, what they what they believed and stuff. So that'd be, I'm looking really forward to that getting here. And plus I ordered, there was two others uh, that were, uh, some, some really, looked really good in terms of walking as a true believer, okay? Uh, more like the true church uh, did, uh, right? You know, during the apostles' time and right after that, and stuff. Because uh, you know, afterward, the church got really corrupted, uh, especially going into when Constantine's so-called conversion. Uh, that uh, which I, you know, I don't really. Constantine wasn't really a Christian, uh, so a lot of that church history from you know, kind of around that period and on, it was definitely corrupted. And of course. Um, There's a lot of issues with the Catholic Church and idolatry and those things that had crept in, all the paganism, you know, that had got in. So, um, and stuff. So, yeah, you know, that's a big part of this for me is trying to find the true church uh, of, you know, uh, the, the true, um, you know, uh, remnant, if you will, 
uh, in, you know, and stuff. So, uh, and stuff. So that's a big part of this. And so now this, like I said, this redeeming money uh, book um, is by Paul Tripp, and uh, like I said, it's very good. I just I was just going through that. I just finished the first chapter in that, and it looks like it's gonna be very good. But I want to kind of add it on here. Uh, like I said, well, we'll make another series out of it. I kind of want to be more a little more specific uh, on the title on this uh, series, and and we'll see how the series goes. But um, to kind of kick this off, I'm going to read First Timothy six. Uh, verses 9 to 11. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, men of God, shun all this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness okay so the and we see here and i think this is something i brought up in that woe into you rich series but one of the problems is is that when people read this stuff you know I, and i mentioned in that series that nobody thinks they're rich okay and when people read this in the bible you know you could probably even have even if even if you have like a bill gates uh you know or i don't know who the richest people in the world are right now jeff bezos uh if you have a, uh, even some of these false uh, teachers, these uh, prosperity preachers, even you know, you probably have some of these Kenneth Copelands, you know, you know read this, and they're going to think this doesn't address, this doesn't apply to them, right? They literally will read this, and it will not apply to them. And so, how much more does people think it doesn't apply to you because you're middle class? Oh, you're not rich yet. You haven't made it yet. Um, but do you want to make it? Okay, so you know, do, is that where you, is that your goal? Is to be rich? I mean, it's the same thing. If that's your goal, it's ultimately, to, you know, to be rich, to get to you know, to get to that level, or, or even close to that level, then you would still fall in line with this scripture. Okay, you're still going to be, you know, because it talks about here those who want to be rich. It doesn't. That's not even necessarily talking about those that are rich. Oh, the list, then, it's, then you're, it's too late for you. No, it's talking about those who want to be rich. Even, okay. So it's be very, very specific on what we're reading, uh, in scripture, and, and again, not assume that it's not talking about us in a negative context here because uh, that's usually what people do is they they always you know they don't want to, they don't consider themselves poor when it talks you know when things talk about how blessed are the you know, how the you know blessed are the poor and all that they you know they don't necessarily they don't want to be blessed they don't want to <laughs> put themselves in that context of the, the spiritually blessed and they don't want to be poor but they also don't put themselves in the rich so they're just like oh, I'm in I'm in the gray I'm kind of in the gray area there right and that's what we always kind of do so, but I just kind of, kind of want to bring that up, and then also another scripture I wanted to look at real quick is uh, Romans 8, verses 1 through 7. Uh, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. And for God has done uh, what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin he condemns sin in the flesh so that the the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit to set the mind on the flesh is death but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, 
The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And so uh, that that last part there especially is what I want to focus on, though, was that, you know, there's, there's two ways, okay? There's two paths. There's the, the, the broad road is following the, the flesh and walking the ways of the flesh and the world, okay? And that's the same thing we're talking about in First Timothy there about, you know, uh, pursuing uh, riches, pursuing wealth in this world, okay? Uh, and I mentioned in the Woe Into You Rich series, I kind of consider it as, uh, people are trying to build their own little kingdoms. You know, everyone's trying to, you know, everyone wants their own little white picket fence. Uh, you know, they want their retirement account. They want all this stuff. It's me, me, me. At the end of the day, it's all about me and I'm going to get mine mentality. I'm, I'm getting my stocks and, you know, my bonds and I'm getting all this stuff and I'm, I'm storing up wealth. You know, when we read the scriptures about storing up wealth, but again, people, when they read this stuff, they brush over it. They never assume it's talking about me storing up wealth, okay? We, we don't look at ourselves and truly say, oh, wait a minute, am I storing up, wait, am I doing that? Am I storing up wealth for a rainy day? Am I doing that? Instead of, you know, being more charitable um, and giving to the poor, am I, you know, do I really love my neighbor if I do that? You know, these kind of mentality, this kind of thought process, a lot of times is is lacking and stuff. So, and sometimes we've heard these scriptures so many times and it's been brushed over so much within these uh especially with these prosperity preachers that have really corrupted a lot of it and stuff too. So they definitely brush over these and ignore them and stuff. So, but it even, even says to even set your mind on the flesh is death. Okay. I think that's very, very powerful uh, and stuff. So, but then we have the opposite. Set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. Okay. And stuff. So definitely some key, you know, verses there to really put some weight on this topic about in regards to money and wealth and in rich versus poor again now uh, i want to just do a real quick kind of a recap on the first chapter of this redeeming money book i said it was uh, you know very very good so far i mean because i've only done the first chapter but he talks in there about the um, spirit of ownership versus a spirit of surrender okay I thought that was kind of interesting. I'd never really heard it put that way. But uh, so, uh, you know, it's like saying we have a spirit of ownership that we, you know, we, we think we own everything that we have. So it's like my house, this is my car, this is, you know, that, so that mentality of ownership, right? That you can't take this from me. This is, you know, so, you know, he's talking about, you know, rather than a spirit of surrender where we're surrendering to, to God to, you know, say, hey, God provides, you know, everything. You know, all provision comes from God. Uh, and stuff. So rather than having this idea of surrender to God and, you know, that everything comes from God and in and more of, he calls it kind of like a, uh, you know, having on, you know, gospel glasses. That's kind of what he compares it to is having, you know, looking, looking everything through the lens of the gospel, you know, and stuff. So in that through, through Christ's gospel, we should uh, use that to evaluate and to truly understand money in our life, you know, c- correctly and biblically speaking uh, and stuff. So I thought that was very interesting. You know, he talks about, too, that, you know, the the lies that we're told in terms of uh, money, okay? We, we think we're basically told uh, that basically money is is a savior okay we're, we're told you have this you're going to have if you have enough money you're going to have peace you just keep going you're going to get there one day right oh if you start that business you're going to you're going to be wealthy and you're going to you're going to live the dream 
you know, and this is why, this is some of the lies that were told, you know, and he had a story in there of a guy, him and his, him and his family, you know, they were living, they were pretty, um, you know, relatively poor, uh, you know, pay, you know, kind of like paycheck to paycheck and, and stuff. And then he, uh, you know, you know, then the husband had the idea, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And, and, uh, and so he put in extra work at his job was working extra overtime and got promoted and all this stuff. And then, so he's making more money uh, than ever before. Um, he's able to kind of do some vacations once in a while, but he ends up, you know, so he ends up putting all of his, you know, you know, sweat and tears into this job and his career so much so that, um, slowly, you know, gradually he's taking, he's spending less time with his family and to the point where he gets divorced, his wife leaves him. And, um, so basically he loses everything, uh, pretty much. So, you know, this just kind of shows you, uh, just, just an extreme version, but this, this happens all the time where, you know, and I've seen it, you know, that people, they put their whole life into, you know, into a career, uh, to, you know, just in for money. And, and even the world can, has, has, can learn from that. I mean, I've heard of testimonies where people have learned that at the end of the day, it's not worth a lot of times the stress and, and the anxieties and, and all the time you got to, how many hours they want you to put in on some of these things. Uh, even like law firms are, are, are really uh, you know, bad about that kind of thing where they want you to put in, you know, yeah, you're making six figures a year, but then they want you to put in crazy amount of hours and stuff where you're, you know, they just want to work you to death and uh, into an early grave and stuff. So, uh, and then, you know, some people end up leaving that kind of stuff because they just realize it's not worth it. At the end of the day, it's like it's not worth uh, all the all the, uh, the stress and, and heartache and stuff and they have no peace basically, okay? So again, it's all part of the lies of money. And they also talks about is that, you know, this ultimately it ties back to sin, that which is an internal matter of the heart and which is ultimately... You know, you know what we des- you know what what we desire uh, in worship. Okay, so basically, it's idolatry of the heart. It's ultimately so whether you know obviously money, or it could also be the things you're trying to get with the money can become you know can be the idol as well. The, you know whatever has your heart, and whatever has your desire that you're pursuing, then that has your desire and your and even your worship and stuff. So that whatever that possession is, uh, or if it's money itself. And that, you know, that's usually the number one idol uh, would be would be money. Okay, he talks about uh, confessing idolatry of our hearts, uh, you know, repenting of it literally um, uh, and stuff, which I totally agree with. Is you know, repenting of such things and you know, praying about you know, giving God your finances and your debts as well, which is a big thing uh, in America and in the modern age is. Hey, I, you know, here's all, here's, here's everything I have. Here's the debts. What do you know, praying about these things? What do I need to do and stuff, putting it, putting it at the feet of Christ, so to speak, and, and, uh, being open about your finances and, and everything. And Hey, what do I need to do? And then also that also ties into that, not being greedy when it comes time to when someone's in need, when you have a, a brother or sister in Christ or, uh, someone poor, uh, or someone in need that, you know, we're not, you know, clinging to our wallet, so to speak and stuff and not not willing to to give especially when we have the money you know that you know we're not willing to help out and do what we got to do to to help somebody okay and then the um he talks about too um so you know we as christians we should be living for something bigger than us okay and this kind of goes back into the concept of 
you know, whose kingdom are we building? You know, okay, that's how I kind of preface it. But like, uh, so, you know, we tend to make a life all about us, you know, our, our little kingdoms, as I say, but it's, you know, we make, make our life all about us, uh, me, 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 and I'm going to do this, I'm going to go do this. And, uh, you know, this, no, this is not how it should be. And he talks about financial sanity. He said, so financial sanity, he says that the, the, part of the core of that is that uh, money doesn't belong to us. Just another thing uh, that, uh, that money doesn't belong to us is, you know, just another thing provided that it should be viewed as just another thing provided by God and for his purpose and pleasure, okay, not for our own pleasure and, and to, to, to waste it on our own uh, fleshly desires, as the Bible speaks about, okay, so, um, and then, um, and then he has some questions in there about, you know, why do we, if it's not an issue with us, then why do we own more than required in terms of everything, clothing and, you know, vehicles and food and all this kind of stuff, you know, why do we have, you know, shoes or whatever, you know, why do we have, you know, when there's people out there that don't have a good pair of anything, uh, you know, that are, you know, homeless and without, without much clothes, or maybe they just have the clothes in their back, a few things like that, you know, why do we have so much of things if, if, if it's not an issue? You know, we, we wouldn't have over excessive amount of it, okay? And he talked about how incomes, uh, you know, chase our lifestyles, right? And he's, he's, people think, you know, they're pursuing this career or whatever, all this, all this stuff. And then, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's like, you get a raise, and then before you know it, the raise is gone. Like you don't even know where it went. You don't even you don't even really see it, uh, you know, because you're constantly uh, lifting up your lifestyle and your debts, you know, along with it typically. Uh, and so all your expenses are going up as well. And before you know it, you don't even really you don't even really recognize that so-called raise and stuff. So um, and stuff. And then also we, we tend to be uh, limited in our giving as we, you know, with that mindset. That's something I had to learn too over the years was that, you know, with that kind of mindset, when you're focused on money and career and all this kind of stuff, you know, with that comes, you know, it, it makes it harder to give because you're like, well, oh, I already have these other financial goals over here. That's going to really affect my, if I give this, this, you know, poor person, you know, that $20 in my wallet right now, if I give them that, well, I had that kind of plan for this. Oh, I really wanted to spend that over here, uh, you know. And so that's kind of, you know, the thing. And then we get, you know, and then all of a sudden we're not loving our neighbor. We're breaking the second commandment and stuff. And so this is a big part of this whole discussion on money and stuff that Christians need to wake up and start reading scripture the right way. And, uh, and with this, I believe the true church is going to awaken uh, as this reality comes uh, in, in, into, the, into the true church, the true remnant, for those that are willing to, but many will not, okay? Many, you know, just like the ones in the in Scripture, if I'm not, you know, that many have, you know, fallen away, um, many will not, um, you know, they will not continue in the faith, I'll tell you that right now. And here's the thing, too, that if people cannot, if we're not able to break away now in a time, in, in, a, in a relative time of peace, in most most places in the world for so-called Christians. I mean, you know, if you can't break away now, how, how, how easily are you going to think you're going to break away when there's true persecution, okay? When there's, there's talk about you know, being arrested, going to prison, being tortured, uh, skinned alive, burned alive, going, you know, going, possibly going to a cross yourself, uh, you know, uh, beheaded or whatever, fill in the blank. 
and like the early early Christians went through, you know, you know what's what's the odds if people can't you know forsake their their little gods right now, you know what's the odds they're going to do that in a time a true time of persecution to come, uh, you know it's very unlikely, okay that the people are you know, most people if they're not giving up their their sins and they're and they're not and they're still living in the flesh and all that then then that's that is their gods I mean they're not going to you know they're you know they're 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 so wrapped up in their business, their careers, their you know, their all their money goals, and all that they're so wrapped up in it. It's it's makes it very very hard to let go of, uh, to where I mean your heart's basically clinging to that idol, okay, and your all your hopes and dreams literally are resting on that. You're not look you know but in that mindset you're not looking for the kingdom of God, like how can you? Your your heart's already there. Your heart's in in, in that in that possession of yours that you have all your hopes and dreams lying on and stuff. So, yeah, so we have to kind of think about this as Christians. Can you really break away? And the idea that people can break away at the last second, we think people really think, oh, I'm just going to go pursue all this. I'm going to spend 10% of my time on the Bible and on uh, ministry. I'm going to spend 10% of my day or my time on that or or a week or whatever. You know, 10% of my life is going to be spent on that, 90% on the world and when Christ comes, I'll be ready. You know, they just think, oh, I'm just going to, we're just going to just snap our fingers and we're going to be ready. Uh, you know, they're going to be, you know, well, well they're going to be sitting in a movie theater watching some horrendous movie uh, on violence and adultery. And boom, Messiah comes. <laughs> the heavens are opened. Bam, here, you know, here comes Messiah. And you think you're just, you're just going to, like, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, go into the loving hands of Christ. Uh, while you're watching this horrible filth uh, with with the rest of the world, and here's all these sinners you're sitting with uh, of the world, you know, without a word muttered, you got people, you know, there's uh, homosexuals in there holding hands and kissing. You got, you know, all this stuff going on around you, and you think you're gonna come out of that and just come straight to <laughs> Messiah's arms, you know. So we have to wake up and realize, look, you know, this is is, you know, it's a it's it's a serious matter that we have to really really think about. And uh, and come to reality with, okay. And then um, the uh, he mentions too. Uh, he had a he had a really cool comment when he's talking about when he, you know, when he puts um, you know, he puts money in his wallet that he even he had to struggle with. He's got to remember, you know, who I am, who God is, and the life that that he was called to, right? Okay, the the life that he was he was. Um, you know, uh, you know, made to, to pursue in terms of being a, a Christian and stuff. And I kind of put, on my note, I kind of put, when I put or slash use money in general, you know, are we thinking in that context, we typically don't think about, you know, the Almighty at all in that context. You know, it's just a normal everyday transaction. We, you know, we kind of, we tend to want to leave God out of it, right? And so he's talking about, you know, trying to, you know, putting a focus back on, remembering God that hey God provided this you know this this goes back to me when I think of that it just it goes back to you know getting back into a better habit of even praying before we eat you know you know and I, we you know my family we kind of we do that but it's kind of sporadic honestly it's sporadic and so uh, and I find myself doing the same thing where you know I try to do it when I'm you know, I probably do it more uh, when I'm with my kids and stuff like that if we're out to eat or something like that I try to do it more probably then but um, you know, I, I do it sporadically uh, on my own, and um, and that's something you know that we can all do better on is just you know thanking God for provision and providing, and and something else that kind of dawned on me too in thinking about this 
was I think, you know, the the world tends to, with all the prosperity preaching that's happened over the years and that, all the corruption with that, you know, I think the uh, one thing that kind of dawned on me was, is that, you know, I, and I've, over the years, you know, when I, you know, tend to, typically when I pray for stuff, it's usually more spiritual stuff, typically. Not, not always, but I'd say 90% is I'm praying for spiritual gifts, I'm praying for you know, discernment and, and wisdom and love and faith and these kind of things, right? And which is very vital to do. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but on the flip side, I kind of realized reading this too. I was like, well, I, you know, I guess I, you know, I probably swung the other way because of all these fake preachers out there uh, with the prosperity preaching that I, you know, I, I probably got a little too timid on actually praying for physical provision from God. Okay. Uh, so, uh, even though God already knows what we need, and the Scripture says that, but we're also told to still ask for it. We're still told to you know, pray for our daily bread, for example. So, you know, uh, we're, so we're still told to pray for these things, pray for forgiveness, of course, and those things too. But we're, you know, so we're still told to ask, you know, ask God for these physical provisions, and that He will, if we pursue the kingdom, He will provide our physical needs, meaning our daily bread, not meaning Alexis, but meaning. You know, so I'm not saying pray for Alexis like these other, you know, false church people will. But, you know, in terms of if you need to pray for, you know, a usable vehicle or, you know, things like that, I mean, you know, whatever the physical things are, you know, and that's something I had to realize. Like, well, I think, you know, maybe I have kind of, you know, um, swung the other way a little bit too much in terms of not praying about physical provisions and, and needs uh, for me and my family and stuff. So that's something I've got to kind of work on as well. Uh, so, the uh, and again, it's not a matter of, uh, and we have to kind of really look at that and make sure it's not something that we just want to spend on our selfish desires and lust of the flesh, as it has talks about in the Book of James. That we don't want to, you know, if you know, if we pray, if we pray amiss and ask for things, uh, you know, that just to appease our flesh, uh, then God's not going to answer that. You know, okay, so uh, so we still need to consider: is it something that you know? You know that uh, you know God would, would uh, you know agree with and would want you to have, or you need to have for your ministry or whatever. Then, 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 then you know, great. Or you need it for your family, that kind of thing. Then, then pray away. But we really need to look at that with an honest heart when we do that. Okay. And he talked about too that ultimately, you know, kind of like the love of money um, is you know equals really the love of self typically. So it's you know the. You know, because again, it goes back to wanting to fulfill the lust of your own flesh. Okay, and the Bible talks about that in terms, you know, in terms of, you know, um, you know that their their God is their belly, for example, and things like that. So it's you know it ties back into lust of the flesh. So you, so whatever you spend your money on, you know, but ultimately you're trying to appease your flesh, whether it's you know pornography, uh, you know, and prostitutes, that kind of thing, that kind of lust. Uh, you know, or it's alcohol, or drugs, or whatever. You know, every you know people like that when they get this you know major addiction, especially uh, into these you know sins and stuff. It's um, it's very very powerful. And then every little you know every money you get, you have you could. Uh, I mean, just imagine the drug addict, for example, that um, you know as soon as they get some money, you know they're they're back over there buying buying some more drugs as soon as they can because they they just can't shake it. You know, they can't live without it. And so it's you know very very sad. Uh, state of being, yeah, but you know, if you picture that a drug addict and they're shaking and you know whatever having convulsed, you know they and they they got to have their their fix, you know. But we have to realize that that's that's the state of sin in every one of us. 
okay? If we're not saved, if we don't, if we're not pursuing the kingdom of God, then that state is, is ultimately the state of all of us. That's, you know, that's the addiction of sin, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life uh, that will kill all of us ultimately for the, in the, in the eternal and the second death, um, you know, for those that are not saved in Christ. Okay, so, and then he, talk, he talked about the addiction of money. Um, and he talked about how there's, you know, no problem or addiction that, that Christ can't break. So, again, it goes back to, you know, repentance and confessing uh, these addictions, confessing these, uh, you know, before an almighty God in uh, Christ's name. And then, you know, these things can be broken, okay, and stuff. So, and they mentioned that a, a heart change always precedes a habit change. I really like that. So a, a heart change. So basically, you have to, you know, your heart has to be changed by God uh, in order to uh, uh, change a habit. So, uh, and I know we've all had habits we've had a hard time breaking, including me. So it's, you know, these. Uh, so he's talking about you have to change. You have to, you know. So we really need to pray for a change of the heart. You know, this is one thing. You know, uh, this is an area too. Even for me, with like um, those accidental, like you know, cursing that comes out. You know, you stub your toe or things like that. You know, something happens and you know it may just slip out. You're like, oh dang it! I was like, <laughs> I was doing so good all week, and then then and then this happened. You know, and so um, you know that's that's an area I'm still working on as well. So you know, so but he's talking about a heart change. So we have to, you know, so we really need to pray for. On these topics, we confess them and we say, hey, look, I can't do it on my own. I need the Holy Spirit to help me with this issue. Uh, I need the Holy Spirit to, uh, you know, uh, to, um, you know, bridle my tongue, for example, you know, on that kind of on that kind of thing or whatever it is, you know, to, you know, to fix my heart in this area. And, um, and so, so we confess it. We ask for help on this. And then with that process or over time, you know, and then also I would, I would encourage in addition to that, you know, whatever the topic is or whatever the sin is, you find up all the scriptures associated with that and you read all those scriptures consistently, right? So then you read all those scriptures, okay, uh, and stuff. And so, and that was recently, I've mentioned before about, uh, you know, some dreams I've, you know, been, you know, like, you know, tempted in dreams. And I had some uh, last week or whatever. And so, um, well, I ended up, so I prayed about it several times and then I, I pulled up the scriptures and one night I pulled up several scriptures about it and, and read through scriptures in regards to that too and and, um, and prayed about it some more. And since then I haven't I haven't had any recurrence of those you know dreams uh, you know nothing where it woke me up in the middle of the night again or anything. So uh, you know that's something to where you've got to you know, you know pray or prayer and the word of God go together and so to overcome you know, any kind of temptations and sin. And if you see that with Christ, when he was tempted in the wilderness, you know, every time Satan tried to deceive him, he went back to the Word of God. Okay, he's, so the Word of God is your foundation. I mean, that's what you're going to, that's really, that's really the foundation for us believers. Okay, you're going to use that even, so if Christ used it, how much more do we need to use it uh, in our everyday trials and tribulations? Okay, and stuff. So, um, but he's talking about too that, you know, that this, you know, heart change precedes a habit change and then you know that 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 leads to a uh, to good a good budget a good financial budget type of thing so he's talking about that so uh, but i thought that was kind of interesting and and, uh, and helpful all right so but that was kind of a synopsis of of chapter one without actually going through and reading the whole thing but i just kind of wanted to do a little synopsis of it and stuff on that on redeeming money 
And like I said, I'll probably try to, you know, I'm not sure how this will go on the series, but may try to do a little series on this and uh, as, as I go continually. Uh, and again, this, if you haven't heard, listened to the overall, you know, Woe Into Your Rich series, then I, I recommend going back and listening to those if you haven't yet, because um, that kind of ties into all this. And like, like I said, once you've, once you've really, uh, once this really has hit you, the, this topic in general regarding money and stuff, you know, it's, it's really eye-opening. Um, I mean, really, the scriptures really opened up for me even more uh, rather than brushing over stuff that I've read for years. And, you know, you really see it with a new light when you realize, oh, this is more, this is more vital, uh, more important than I even realized, you know, because everyone's just going about their, their busy day, you know, uh, thinking everything's normal. Um, you know, just, you know, because everyone's thinking, oh, everyone goes to work, everyone goes to do this or that, or goes to university, get that degree, they've got to have that career, you know, all these things. And, you know, it's uh, it's more complicated than that when you want you, if you want to truly be a born-again believer, in my opinion, it's, it's this is something that's uh, more complicated than that. If we want to really give our, give our lives to Christ. And another thing, too, I wanted to bring up was the word work. One thing I've realized is the word work in Scripture you know, oftentimes, um, you know, that's another word we kind of skip over when the apostles talk about work. And, um, you know, when they're talking about work, they're talking about, you know, the idea of fulfill your ministry. Okay. So when they, when, when Apostle Paul is talking about work or someone's not working in the church, you know, then they're just, they're, someone just, they're just being a sloth. They just want to, they want to come in. They want the benefits of being a member of the church, but they're not willing to go share the gospel. Okay, so work in the New Testament, when, when the apostles are talking about work, they are talking about, you know, actually working in the church. So now that, you know, the activities primarily was preaching the gospel, right? Uh, so, the, you know, that was the primary function, but it depended on, you know, obviously some people have different gifts as well. So some are, you know, some, uh, some might obviously be there as the, the you know, the main elder, uh, of, you know, for that local congregation. Uh, you know, so they're the teacher, the primary teacher. It doesn't mean they don't go out and witness. They, they probably did too. They might rotate. But they'd have elders and they, you know, people to operate there. They'd have people that were, that were gifted in administration of the church. They'd have, you know, women there to kind of help with, it, with some of that probably and, and just the basic needs of the poor and things like that in the local community. So there's things that, you know, go on there uh, within the local church and stuff. So, but... You know, when they say someone's not working, it means that someone's just being a slouch, or what we'd call today as a couch potato, and you know they're they're wanting to come in and get the benefits of, of quote membership. You know, not an official membership. <laughs> you know, they don't get a certificate or nothing. But but they're you know the idea that they're going to join the church, and then next thing you know, hey, you know Billy's over there on the couch. He's not helped. He's not done anything. He's not preached the gospel in three days. He's not. You know, but he's eating our food, you know, taking from other people that are working. And that's why he says, you know, when, you know, when the ox lays his head down, you know, he gets, you know, he gets uh, to eat, you know. And so uh, when he lay, puts his head down to work to till the ground, he gets to eat. So, um, so keep in mind, when work is used from the apostles, you know, it's not talking about you. It's not just talking about, like, your job you know, that you, you know, if, that you get a wage, you know, when you work your job. It's not talking about that. And this is one of those things where I think, the, the view of this has been kind of skewed over the years because everyone just automatically um, thinks that they're not a, associated with some of these scriptures. So that was something that I thought was interesting that I wanted to kind of point out.
Okay? So we'll stop this one here. Uh, be blessed in uh, Messiah. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.